Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on Faith in the Fold, a podcast for ministry, biblical studies, and Christian living. I'm your host, Kevin Burr. In today's episode, I sit down with longtime preacher and minister, Fate Haygood, the pastor-teacher of the Metropolitan Church of Christ in the greater Los Angeles area. Now, given Fate's many years of service in one form or another of congregational ministry, I wanted to ask Fate, what's one piece of advice you'd give young ministers? In the course of our discussion, it became clear to me that humility was at the heart of what fate wanted to see young ministers of all kinds develop. I was challenged and encouraged by our conversation, and whether you're in ministry or not, I hope you'll be challenged and encouraged as well. If you enjoy the kinds of conversations we're having here on the podcast, would you be willing to like and to subscribe to us and share us with someone you think who might benefit from us as well? And always, thank you so much for tuning in today. Faith, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast uh, this morning. I really appreciate uh, being able to sit down with you and talk to you about uh, what we're going to get to here in just a minute. But before we get started, I wanted to ask you, would you be willing to give us uh, just kind of a brief introduction and uh, maybe the 10 peso version of your uh, your time in ministry and kind of where you are now and, and that sort of thing? Sure. Well, you know, my name is Faith Haygood III. Um, uh my grandfather, my father, now me. My son is the fourth. And my grandson is the fifth. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. I've been been married um well, it's 30, 34 years. Okay. Yeah, 34 years, going on 35. Um, so you know, and I'm very excited. My my wife is a blessing from God. Um I've been I've been in I've been preaching since I was about 15. Wow. Um, and I've been in um, um, full <clears throat> and or part-time and or modified ministry um, since I was around, I guess, 20. Um, went to Southwestern Christian College okay. um, in Terrell, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to um, Lubbock Christian. I also went to Cal State um, Dominguez Hills. And also a place here called the Bayer School of Preaching. Um, a gentleman was there, which which some may know is uh, his name was Chuck Ferguson. Um, just a smart dude. His 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 brother's name was Everett Ferguson. <laughs> so you know, I've heard of that guy. Yeah, <laughs> he would know his brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got a shelf full of his books over there. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> so um, yeah, and um. Uh, Right now, I'm ministering at the Metropolitan Church of Christ, the church we planted back in 2000. Um, I'm, I'm very honored to be there at this church. Uh, God has sustained us um, immensely um, through the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. We have not met uh, actually since March 13th. Oh, man. So we are, we are rapidly approaching one year. We have done some outside things. We've we've allowed a couple of things to go on in the building, but um, we are leaning toward safety of our members. Uh, uh, we in no way want to uh, uh, do anything that would harm our, our members. So, yeah, we have not met physically, but we have never stopped stopped uh, ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, still, and it's just a blessing. We still support the missionaries. We support. We still do the community works. Um, we still do our small group ministries. Um, uh, you know, so, you know, still do youth ministry. I mean, the ministry never stopped. Um, we still preach every Sunday. Um, <laughs> it's funny because it's, it would seem like the workload would have lessened. <laughs> <laughs> but it did not. <clears throat> it did not. So, yeah. It seemed like this time of last year. Uh, like preachers and, and and ministers, especially at smaller churches, but just across the board, suddenly had if they weren't already doing this, those preachers and ministers suddenly had to become TV TV producers overnight. Yeah, and figure out okay how <laughs> I've got this nice camera on my phone now I need to put it to good use. Yeah, yeah. the learning curve was it was steep. <clears throat> it was steep. Um, especially for African American churches. Um, uh. And I know I know many white churches too, um, um, but um, you know, traditionally, African American churches are very 
uh, meaning centered. Right. And, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> that was a lot. But then, you know, even the idea of of broadcasting at all, you know, now now Metro was kind of ready because at the beginning, we we'd always uh, filmed our services, mm. but we didn't we didn't film them to broadcast. We filmed them to to give our DVDs. Well, when we started, we, we were doing VCRs. <laughs> VCRs, VCRs, to let you know. I mean, you know, so, so that, you know, we still have a, I still have a stack of VCR from our, from, from 2000. <laughs> but anyway, you know, so I we think always, the Smithsonian is looking for some of those. <laughs> well, then we have some. <laughs> so when we started, man, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't as much a leap for us. Sure. Um, yeah. But and we were all already a more a small group based uh, ministry. That's so, great. But I just I just remember all my friends, especially some of the older ministers, um, white and black, and other, mm-hmm. who who were Sunday school Wednesday night Bible class, and trying to transition was just a bear. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just just a bear, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I I can look back and see just some of the, like the, some of the very first things that I, that I was doing, I was using j- just the stuff that I had. So like, you know, my laptops built in camera and the headphones that came with my phone. Cause it had a built in mic. And then gradually, you know, for father's day, I got a little bit nicer quality um, microphone and started using my phone. Cause the camera was better. And then like, just gradually my setup has changed to where now, you know, when I, when I'm ready to zoom with my Bible study on Sunday evenings, I've got this fancy mic and these fluffy headphones and all that stuff. But like all, all that stuff came eventually from just trial and error. Like you said, like it, it, there was a huge learning curve and, and, and quite a leap to, to get to the point where you could actually feel good about your AV quality. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we do, we do praise the worship team. So mm. um, that's a bear, you yeah. know, trying to, because it, it sound one way, you know, in the room, but then when you listen to it, like, wow, that's horrible. Well, has he been flat this whole time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, it, it sounds like, though, that uh, out there in Metro, uh, help, help, for, help us folks who, uh, who aren't necessarily very familiar with, uh, with California, other than, uh, other than knowing where the national parks are. Um, where is Carson in relation to Los Angeles? Is it in the greater metropolitan area of Los Angeles? Carson is one of the cities in Los Angeles County. Okay. It is in the, it is, it is in the Southern part of Los Angeles County. Uh, it is not on the water, um, but it is near, it's right next to Long Beach. Okay. Uh, which is Long Beach, San Pedro, all those people places are right on the water. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's bordered by Compton where I live. Okay. Gardena, Torrance. Um, so yes, yeah, it's in the southern part of, of of Los Angeles County. Yeah, and not not accounting for traffic. About how far away are y'all from uh, from Pepperdine's campus? Not accounting for traffic. Or not accounting for traffic. Yeah. Yeah, that's not something you say in LA. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> on a clear day, you know. Um, yeah. Forty minutes. Okay. All right. <laughs> So with traffic, uh, you know, maybe a couple of days. <laughs> gotcha. Well, Faith, I, you, you mentioned that you had been, uh, been in ministry for a century, about 15. Oh. And uh, you are, um, you're not 60. We'll say that you're not 60. Um, so you, you I, I think it's fair to call you a, a veteran minister, a seasoned minister, whatever, uh, whatever polite term we can come up with. That's funny. <laughs> to say. Um, the question, really the big question that I wanted to ask you today, and we could, uh, we could kind of wrestle with a little bit is this, what's one piece of advice you would give for young ministers and we, it can be ministers of any shape, shape or size, but what's one piece of advice you would give for young ministers? Oh, wow. But it depends on where the young minister is. Uh, if, if, if. If he's just starting, be humble, shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. 
you know, be humble, learn, 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 and be observant, you know, you know, and just because when, when you're, when you're younger and you're not yet in ministry, you think, you know, stuff, mm -hmm. but you really don't. And, and it's, it is not that you're dumb or stupid or no, it's, it's, it's usually quite the opposite. You're extremely intelligent, um, extremely intuitive, you know, um, but the problem is you don't have a experience based or latitude of life to understand. I'm, I'm not even talking about nuance. I'm not even talking about the nuances of ministry. You don't really even understand the nuts and bolts of ministry. So, so you listen, listen, listen. Um, um, you're going to read, you're going to study, you're going to do those things, but you've got to be observant. You've got to listen. Because if you don't, you know, the things you didn't listen to, it will not make them go away. It will not make you, you know, immune to the effects. Um, you will pay for them. <laughs> so, Often in more ways than one. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned this word, be observant. Yes. In your early years growing up as a, as a young minister, who were the kinds of people that you would observe? Oh, man, oh, probably the wrong people. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the wrong people for realistic expectation. Okay. Uh, you know, I was, I guess, you know, you're talking about the, the 70s. Mm hmm so, you know, you're talking about the 70s, um, um, 76, 77, 78, you know, into the early 80s, you know, and I was a preacher groupie. I would I would go to the gospel meetings, the revival meetings, the tent meetings. Um, I would try to look like them, walk like them, the whole nine, um, you know. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if it was the same experience for you, but, you know, for me, in my experience, you know, that's the time there were gods in the church. Um, these guys were bigger than life, you mm -hmm. know, um, and many of them deservedly so, not to diminish their humanity. What I mean is these guys would come into a city and baptize 200 people in a month. And they would literally baptize an entire congregation in one month. Mm -hmm. and then go to the next city to the next revival for a month so you know these guys were just incredibly effective mm -hmm. and so if that is you know if that is your standard for you know uh, you know and the way they would do it um and they seem to be quicker faster smarter stronger more courageous than you know anybody um they were unflappable. Um, uh, and so if that was your, if that was your goal, well, problem is after the eighties, uh, well actually during the eighties, the culture of America starts to, sh to shift um, dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the culture literally to this day would, would not support that level of Supermanism. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the culture today um, would have, uh, it was a different environment. The, 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 the navigating modernity where, where there was answers and we, the, the question was not whether or not there were answers, there were answers, and we were able to, through debate and through human endeavor, um, get those answers. And so the question was not whether or not one of us was right or was was right or wrong. It's that which one of us the, was the most right. Yeah. It was who was the most right. We we'd already agreed, Baptist, Catholic, this was our standard, the scripture and and you know, um, we in Church of Christ, we some of us who are 
who are kind of new jacks, we kind of push back against the whole Sini idea, the command example, necessary inference. Mm -hmm. I think because we, we are historically ignorant, we think that was ours. No, that was kind of how everybody interacted with information during modernity. It was a scientific method and everybody had some method like that. So mm -hmm. uh, mastering that was, a necess was necessary to navigate. So these guys were just inhumanly amazing at doing that stuff. Right. So those are the guys I'm observing. So you're thinking, well, that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to be in that area and I'm going to go into areas and, and baptize 200 people a month. And I'm going to, you know, be able to, to do like even guys like Ira North, if you're talking about, you know, build these amazingly huge uh, followings and, you know, I'm going to be like Billy Washington and Jack Evans or, or at that time, uh, I don't know if he was at Harding. Uh, what was his name? Uh, he was a white guy that black folks used to love to listen to. Jimmy Allen. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jimmy <laughs> Allen. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be like Jimmy Allen, or I'm yeah. going to be. <clears throat> but those guys, you know, regardless of how how we want to rewrite their history, because we love to rewrite history, those guys were giants. Right. You know. So so I, you know, when I say I was observing those guys, I was. You know, I was learning their arguments. I was learning how they approached the texts, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. um, um, so when I, when I say it was the wrong people, I don't say, I don't think it was the wrong meaning. I was chasing after the wrong, you know, demons. Right. I was chasing gods. And the um, problem is, you know, once the worshipers are gone, the gods are gone. You know, suddenly when, when the culture changes, um, you no longer have, uh, an audience, you know, for these guys, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you know, not only in the church, I mean, anywhere, no one cares because we moved from that era, uh, into, into the era of, of kind of more pre post-modernity kind of situation. And also the era religiously where you had the, the elevation of guys like, uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, there was no longer the Billy Graham crowd. You know, we were good with the Billy Graham crowd. Mm -hmm. I got the Joel Osteen crowd, you know? <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they don't care about book, chapter, and verse. They didn't care about, they just want to, you know, give me a word, help me live my best life. Yeah. It, <laughs> All it, seemed, other... yeah, it seemed like there might be more overlap with the kinds of folks who, who really liked Billy Graham and you know, Jimmy Allen, right? Rather right. than the kind of folks who liked, you know, Jimmy Allen and Joel Osteen. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it feels like those might be different crowds, at least to some degree. Yeah, <laughs> significantly. Yeah, yeah. I I, I want to ask how. Uh, I mean, you were watching these guys, and you you thrown out this figure that you know these guys were baptizing two hundred people a month, and they would. It, it seemed like. It seemed like month after month they were rolling in, having these gospel meetings, doing this kind of stuff. How you started watching them, I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that you you eventually realized that those were unrealistic expectations. Is that kind of how how did you how did you manage having such high expectations for yourself? and either succeeding or realizing that those maybe weren't the expectations you needed to place on yourself. Well, yeah. Well, what I learned was. Um, were incorrect because uh, my gift set was significantly different than those guys. Mm -hmm. And my situation of life was significantly different than those guys. So, so, uh, you know, me trying to minister in that space, in that way, um, it was not something I was going to be able to do. Um, yeah. my, my gifting leaned to other, other areas. The problem is I didn't have, I didn't have anybody who I saw who looked like that, who, who, who walked like, well, I think God was pushing me. Okay. You know, that, that, and you know, that because of the way I was raised uh, by those guys, by many of those guys, the 
who personally knew me and to date this day, you know, those guys, you know, um, you know, still know me, you know, those who are still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so those guys kind of raised me, but I was also raised by my mom and some other friend. Um, um, I don't know if you know Kenwood Vore, um, and guys who, uh, and guys like Chuck Ferguson and others, very independent thinkers, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, not pigeonholed. And believe it or not, the funny thing is, many of those guys were very independent thinkers, you know, um, and they would tell me, you know, I remember uh, Brother G.P. Holt, he's going on to be with the Lord, but he was one of the luminaries during that time. Um, he told me, he said, son, listen, no matter what, you stay with the Bible. You know, you may, you know, we may agree or disagree. You just stay with the word and wherever that takes you, that's where you go. Mm-hmm. You know, it may or may not line up with what we are talking about. Um, he even talked to me about race relations in that way. He said, you know, my generation will not be able to heal these wounds because we've been hurt too much. Mm-hmm. And we, we know we need to, but we can't. It's, we, we've, our, our wounds are still too open. He said, that, means, that means your generation is going to have to walk in it. And Aaron Hogan um, told me, um, again, same thing. So I just stick with the book. And he walked it out that way. He he was so pioneering. Um, so many firsts that I grew up under. Um, you know, I mean, at least as far as African-American churches, you know, the first, you know, the first um, uh, citywide, well, actually countywide um, bus ministry, the first radio program, the first international uh, chorus, the first, you know, the first woman uh, educational director, the first, the first, the first, the first female ushers. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, there was so many first, 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 first with him. Um, he was so pioneering, you know, people only saw him in one area. They saw him, he would come into areas and, 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 you know, beat up on denominations. <laughs> so, and so, you know, they figure, you know, they pigeonholed him, say, well, you know, he's right. that guy, Yeah. but he really, you know, he was so broad. Right. <laughs> and so when you, when you talk about, uh, of, of me trying to walk in that, what transitioned me was my expectations were tempered by uh, the independent spirit that those guys gave me. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, there was tension between the two, but um, I was, I was, I leaned more into what I felt God wanted me to do more than my expectations of myself. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I think so. I've, I've got to, I've got paper and pencil here. Cause I'm, I'm making notes of things that I want to want to be sure to mention you had, it seemed like, just kind of recap it seemed like you had some set of expectations based on how you would observe these uh, these luminaries as you described them uh, earlier and then you had these other folks that you uh, that you mentioned um, who maybe they took a different approach or, or or something along those lines but it seemed like those guys helped you temper your expectations or maybe helped you discern maybe better the 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 way that you would serve God as a minister or the, or, or the path that you would take or, or the, the temperament that you would have something along those lines. Am, am I kind of getting that right? Well, that that's pretty close. Um, I, I wish, I wish it was as smooth as that. <laughs> <laughs> but You mean yeah. you had some bumps in your ministry? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was not, you know, um, it was not a clean, you know, but I remember when I was when I was first going to Southwestern Christian College, um, because at that time when I went, it was known as just um, not necessarily pejoratively, but as a preacher meal. You know, they were just kicking out preachers, 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 and a certain type preacher. Yeah. Um, but every school has that kind of a vibe. This is a Harding guy, or this is a you know. Sure. Yeah. You know, and one of one of my mentors, he said, he said, he, he told me, Kenwood told me, he said, he said, man, I'm not worried about you though. He says, because you, you know, you're just a different dude, so you're not gonna go there and come out being them. You're still just gonna be you. So you, you know, go there and learn everything, you know. And I learned a lot. Um, you know, but he, you know, he gave me the stamp of approval. He said, you know, I'm not worrying about that. But little did they know. You know, a little that I know, 
the kind of paths I was going to take because of my experiences. Um, you know, yeah. uh, you know, little did they know. Uh, I just, I remember so many things. I remember there was a guy, I don't know if he's this guy, he was still around. This white guy, his name is Jeff Nelson. And he had a group called Covenant, Jeff Nelson and Covenant. Okay. And he was, he was around the same time that, that the group Halal came around with, uh, not the guy who's, who's these Halal, anyway. But Jeff Nelson was going all over the country. He had these, he had this group of, 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 of hymnals, not hymnals, but little bitty uh, uh, hymn books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, all these worship songs, right? Mm -hmm. And he was going from town to with his worship team, but he wasn't doing it in churches. He would come into town, he'd ask all the church to come together, and he would have his worship team up there and teach all the parts, you know, and he did that. Um, and and it, it affected me, you know, that affected me. Uh, my growing up being a singer affected me. Um, just so many experiences, which made me think that that what we do, we could do so much better. Mm -hmm. You know, not not. I, I'm still not the guy who wants to bring instruments into the to the to the um to the um to the assembly. I'm not that guy. I'm not beating up people who use them, but I'm not that guy. You know, um, mm -hmm. I just think what we do in preaching and teaching and ministry, without changing the core of who we are. This is so much, <laughs> we could just do it so much better, you know, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me ask to bring us back to, uh, back to the first piece of advice you gave, <clears throat> be humble, observant. I think you put it pretty poetically, shut up and listen. Yeah. <laughs> something, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah. Where, can you think of a time or a couple that really stand out to you when, when you put that into practice and it paid off. Oh, wow. Hmm. While you're, I, 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 I threw a hard one at you while you're yeah, doing that. Yeah, that is a hard one. That is a hard one. Um, um, you know, cause I can think of times when it didn't pay off. <laughs> 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 When, and, you know, and isn't it? And isn't often the case that it's a lot easier to come up with the ones that yeah, that, the that we didn't we didn't do what we yeah. needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, um, well, there have been times when I have have just shut up and listened. I mean, even when I didn't agree, mm -hmm. uh, I wish I could remember this guy's name. But he he was doing a lecture at Pepperdine. He was. He was a member of the Church of Christ, but he was a leading one of the lead, lead, leading Greek scholars in the world. I think he was teaching at Yale or something. Okay, and he was doing this um, thing on, on women's roles, mm -hmm. and um, uh, at that time, this is probably early nineties. Still, still a really hot issue, especially yeah. back then. And very controversial then. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, I mean, it's still a hot button a little now, but mm -hmm. it was very controversial. Yeah. And so I was sitting there listening to him, and um, I just just shut up and listened, because mm -hmm. um, you know, I I didn't necessarily I even I didn't even agree with his conclusions, mm -hmm. but I most certainly was not on a level to be able to dispute his findings, you know, he was this worldwide Greek scholar, yeah, yeah. you know, there was no way I could challenge him on the languages. <laughs> yeah. I just shut up and listened, you know, mm -hmm. and come to find out. Um, uh, I think some of the things he was saying um, were right. Um, now, um, some of them, I, I still don't believe all the stuff he was saying. Um, sure. I, I have a, I, I think I have a, a, a a give and take uh, uh, <laughs> relationship with academics. <laughs> yeah, but I, hey, that's yeah. um, or that in itself too is a great example. I mean, that puts into uh, that puts into um, your perspective, or that gives us a, a concrete example of something else that you had mentioned too. And you know, in addition to shut up and listen, um, you mentioned be humble, yes. and you—I mean—you just stated that. You know, 
with this particular issue of you know Greek language and and whatever, you, know, you didn't you didn't think that you were able to to challenge him at least not substantially. No. And I I have found it and. It was not my expectation for us to spend the rest of our time going into this particular issue that I'm about to bring up because I think that's a that this topic uh, merits a much longer conversation that I that I'm only that I'm barely equipped to even to even listen to, but I have had to put into practice this notion of be humble and shut up and listen, um, in Christian love, right? Shut up and listen in Christian love. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've had to put that into practice when I hear the experiences of my brothers and sisters in Christ who look different than I do. Sure. And it has been uncomfortable in a lot of ways because I would love to say, well, surely this is not the case or maybe just X, Y, and Z or da, 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 and, and, and all that trying to, trying to explain, trying to hope that, you know, no, my beloved institutions aren't guilty of that. No, these people that I like can't be, can't be so insensitive and so on. And, and, and what I have found is that people that I love and respect dearly and have spent, you know, at, at, in seasons of my life, spent significant time with, have a different perspective than I do. And the best I can do to start off with is what you said, be humble. Shut up and listen in in the love of the Lord, and be yeah, observant yeah. and see how they uh, handle themselves. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That was something that you mentioned for uh, you said especially, you know, be humble, especially for younger ministers because you know, sure they're bright eyed and bushy tailed, and uh, you know they they do probably know a lot, but you know it's honestly so much of ministry as you can attest to far more than I can. So much of ministry is is understanding, uh, just understanding life, yes, and life experience and learning from life experience. What about something? What's something that you would say to somebody who is maybe kind of in in middle career, or or say they're still fairly young, say they're in their thirties, but they've been doing ministry for ten or fifteen years, and that's not out of the question too. A lot of these guys right. who are youth ministers. Absolutely. They either stay youth ministers or they transition to becoming associates or, or preaching ministers. Guys that got jobs out of college or uh, fresh out of grad school. They've been in ministry 10 or 15 years. You got something that you would say to those guys in addition to be humble? Well, sure. Um, if, if you've been in ministry a while and uh, you are, are, are in that area, one piece of advice I would I would give you is to keep learning. Mm-hmm. Um, understand, and I and, and I hope we aren't at, aren't at odds with this, um, you and I. But understand that much of your training um, will will be at odds with where you are, with your reality. What I mean is this: is that is that your training in the academy is often completely decontextualized from what you actually have to do in ministry. Um, it does not mean that, that because I actually believe in academic training, <laughs> but so it does, it does not mean that, right. but, but it does mean though, that, that the agenda of the Academy and the agenda and the agenda of the church are not lockstep. Right. That, yeah. that, that what you are doing in a church context um, may have zero to do with with an academic who is trying to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're ministering in you know Bug Tussle, Mississippi, you know, or something. You've been there too. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> and uh, you're trying to deal with um, um, people who don't care about Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, uh, exegesis, eisegesis, nothing. They right. just want Jesus and, you know, and red soda water and, and uh, you know, and lima beans after service, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, and, and they need for you to preach them in such a way that is within the context of their lives. Um, 
they don't care about um, all of your pet issues. They don't care about your struggles with instruments. They don't care about your uh, dealing with, 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 with gender issues. They don't care about any of that. Um, and the question is, are you going to be able to be a steward and a servant to people in that, are you going to be able to transition from that? It doesn't mean that your training is irrelevant because a lot of your training will, will most certainly help you. Yeah. Um, um, but are you going to be able to, in this environment, um, still effectively minister? Are you going to be able to serve God's people? Um, or are you going to say, well, then I need to leave because this is not for me. Um, yeah. uh, you know, and I would, I would, I would caution that think about who your master is, you know, calling, calling isn't about, um, accolades or calling isn't about being keynote on the lectures or, or, or whether or not, you know, you can get some, some do like, like Kevin to, to write the introduction on your latest book or th that's not what calling is about. Calling is about taking people who are lost to being found and taking found people to be, you know, disciples of Jesus Christ, vibrant disciples of Jesus Christ. And that may look completely different in Buck Tussle. You know, grow where you're planted. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I find a lot of guys who are in situations like that and they are so caught up in their personal struggle that they aren't able to see um, not only the priestly call, but the prophetic call in those, in their pastoral call, in those kind of environments. They spend all their time ruminating over, woe is me, and these people don't understand. And, but they don't have to understand. Yeah. <laughs> they really don't. What they have to do is they have to become the kind of disciples within that context that can bring other people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. you know and that's what I would tell you you know concentrate on on being effective where you are I mean then if, if you're not again you know it just may be a bad ministry fit if it's a bad ministry fit okay you know you may have to sure. move on yeah but often it's not a bad ministry fit it's it's a bad expectations fit <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing a, a common thread here the very first thing you said was be humble and then, you know, this next item that you mentioned uh, to folks who are kind of mid-career in ministry, um, you know, learn to be effective where you are. In order to do that, I think humility is an absolute necessity. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Fatal, I, I liked what you said here. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize because I, I wasn't able to write that fast. Um, who, who you still uses paper and pencil, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what I've got here. Calling isn't about accolades. It isn't about uh, getting invited to uh, give the keynotes. Calling is about taking lost people to be found and found people to become better disciples of Jesus. Yeah, man, what a um, what a great reminder for the necessity about a necessity of being humble. Yeah, man. I mean, that, isn't that? Isn't that kind of what, you know, isn't that kind of the Jesus model? You know, I mean, when you, when you think about preparation and, you know, and, and, you know, and him, you, when you, when you look at his resume, he could have been, you know, really high-minded. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Instead he emptied himself. Right. Yeah. 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 It's a, it, 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 interesting. I, I can see, to some degree, my own, what you've said, I, I can see that through the lens of my own experience a little bit, it, it, like I would hope most of us would be able to too, they would be able to measure kind of where, what they've done with, with, with what you've mentioned here. I got my MDiv at Harding School of Theology in Memphis and um, thinking at the time that, uh, that I was going to eventually, you know, teach him, teach him one of our church affiliated schools Awesome. And um, as I went through that, I, 
I, w- I was in, like, I-, I tried in my congregational ministry class and, you know, my you know, sermon develop and delivery class. And, you know, like I, I, I put forth the effort to do what I needed to do. But the kind of stuff that really got me excited was taking classes with, uh, you know, guys like Rick Oster and Alan Black, you know, the guys that taught the New Testament, um, you know, classes. And so when I went on to get my PhD, I was, I was not in that program very long until I realized that to really be the kind of teacher that I envisioned myself as wanting to be, that I kind of identified, you know, that was part of, part of my identity was wanting to teach at that level. If I really needed to, if I was really going to do that, I needed to, uh, I, I had a, I had a sacred duty and a holy obligation to, um, to dig into the, the little church that uh, was near, near where I went to school. And you're like, I grew up in a church uh, in Nashville, Tennessee that had 700 members. This church was, uh, you know, in in a town of about 36,000 people. This little church that we worked at, town of about 36,000 people. And uh, on a good Sunday, we had 90. Very different kind of congregation from what I grew up in. But I learned how to do gradually the kind of thing that you had mentioned was to to be at, at least I'd like to think that I learned how to do this kind of thing that you mentioned. And what I realized was that actually, okay, so like it had been a few years since I'd taken congregational ministry or sermon development and delivery at, uh, at HST in Memphis. But what I realized was that the, the people skills that I learned during that, that time period of my life were extraordinarily effective yeah. <laughs> and so in some ways, I, maybe I didn't approach the academy with the same or, or maybe with the right perspective. Um, maybe selfishly, I was kind of hoping that I could just kind of bypass ministry. Interesting that here I am full time ministry and absolutely love what I'm doing. Absolutely love it. But it was uh, a, a lot of it was because I you know, through a lot of hard work. And what I mean is, and not to pat myself on the back, what I mean is that God was working hard on me <laughs> to smooth those rough edges. And uh, I, I want to mention that by way of, you know, just give an example of what you said and also encouraging other folks who might be listening that it, it, it does happen in a, and you do get better, but it is a tough process of learning to be effective yeah. where you are. Yeah. <clears throat> I wish... I wish they required. I wish they required academics to do that. Mm-hmm. To 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 kind of say, okay, you know, you need to do two years in ministry at a little bitty church. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know. Yeah. It'll give you a little flavor. You yeah. Know, like, but then the, so the, so in two years when you're back in the academy and you're teaching all these young minds, you're able to tell them, okay. This is what it says. This is what it's about. This is how it's going to look, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I realize, kind of looking back on uh, on my time, some of the some of the folks, uh, really, maybe the majority of the folks that I that I admired in the most in my doctoral program were uh, were men and women who were in some form of ministry. You know, uh, especially a handful of the guys from my and from my cohort. Um, you know, one is uh, you know working with uh, with his denomination in Japan. Other guys are working with their uh, with their denomination in um, you know in, in different states. And um, I I I really noticed it. It almost seemed as if there was something different about those guys because they had the they had the the humbled optimism. I don't know if that's exactly how I mean it, but it, it, the humbled optimism that they've seen some stuff, they've been through some stuff, but yeah, they, they know God has big plans. Yeah. 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 Fate, as we, as we come to a close, um, uh, let me ask, is there anything else that you're just absolutely burning to say 
that uh, that you thought of or 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 want to want to kind of tie a bow on it as we uh, wrap up uh, this well, morning a couple of things you said well a couple of things you said um just at the end um um i know i have my virtual background on now but if i mean i was gonna office, say that it really felt like time stood still because that clock hasn't moved one bit back there <laughs> <laughs> but if you if I, if I showed you my junkie office i'm surrounded by probably two thousand books mm-hmm in my office um, um, and sometimes I studied as a means to study mm. as opposed to studying as a means to doing greater ministry mm. and, I, and I think sometimes that's what can happen to us we, we study as a means to study um, so the end of studying is more studying as opposed to studying as a means to, to do some greater work for the Lord, that, 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 that academic uh, intellectual endeavor becomes the goal of academic and intellectual endeavor. Yeah. And, and, and I would say it's one of the mistakes I have made um, in ministry. I wasted a lot of time studying stuff just to be studying it. Um, and I, I hate saying that because I'm a books guy. So it's, it seems like I'm saying overly edit what you study. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I am saying is that, you know, everything needs to be under the Lordship of Christ and we ought to be good stewards of that. And therefore our goals and agendas need to line up with him. And his agenda was never about us being overly learned. Right. Um, if, if you're overly learned it, um, it ought to be for the purpose of of making the kingdom greater. Not who was who was it? Uh, you you could, we probably tell uh, Kim would kill me. But there was a I don't know if it was the Stoics or uh, I can't remember historically, but their goal their goal for study <laughs> was to study. You know? <laughs> <laughs> their goal was was to to was just greater knowledge the the highest form of of life mm-hmm. was just knowing more um and and i think we miss jesus when we do that um and so you know i i would say to to anybody you know let's let's not and i hate saying it because it, it's it sounds like something i'm not saying because i'm absolutely not saying don't study more oh, right yeah <laughs> you, you know yeah. you know, you know and maybe you can fix that, but that's kind of, you know, um, from what you said, you know, that, you know, you, because you're, you're an academic. So, so, but you talked about the people that you really were able to, to admire with the guy, the guy in, it was in China, Japan, Japan. Yeah. Um, I, I won't tell him you called it China. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy in Japan, you know, but that's because, you know, this guy obviously learned it. He's in a cohort with you. He's obviously yeah. a learned guy. Yeah. But what gave him flavor and impetus and power is that was going toward doing this. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not just as I was in a cohort. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it was, it, it definitely hit me at some point in my, uh, in my doctoral program that it, it you know, taking what I was learning and putting it into practice, actually, actually doing, uh, you know, well, the, the easiest way to, to put into practice what I was learning was to teach, teach a Bible class. And the, I, I was very grateful that the, the main preaching minister at that church was also um, a friend who had graduated with his MDiv the year that I started mine. And he was working on his PhD in Old Testament from the same place from Asbury Seminary where I started my PhD in New Testament. And so he was more than happy to have somebody else that he knew and knew the quality of education that they were getting to yeah. come in and, and, and start teaching. The funny thing was I, the very first class I started teaching was a class in the Gospel of Matthew. I was taking a class on the Gospel of Matthew, uh, a seminar on, on Matthew. And one night we made it through four verses and um, I just, this, the sweet sister uh, came up to me afterwards 
And uh, I had joked that I was you're taking the scenic route because, you know, we'd talk about this thing and then that would lead me to all these other things. And it's like, you know, I, like, I mean, I was taking this class with, um, you, know, you know, with with Craig Keener, a, a very well-respected New Testament scholar. So I had all the stuff that I wanted to share with him. And then, you know, afterwards, she came up, teased me about, you know, this, taking the scenic route in class. And then after, you know, after four more years of teaching and preaching and, and working with that church, she and she and another sister came up to me afterwards and said, Kevin, we just love seeing how much you've grown. And that meant the world to me as much as it would mean for me to hear you know, to have the accolades or to do the keynoting or to write the introduction of somebody's book, like you were saying earlier, that meant so much to me because the ministry was very real for yeah. them. It was yeah. very real for them. Yeah. And it, uh, that, that was actually the purpose of my study. It wasn't just to study more. Yeah. It wasn't to get into that grind and that system that, um, you know, that is, it basically kind of, uh, I don't know. Um, what's the term? It's sort of self-sustaining where, you know, w- once you get into that race, you know, it's, it's publish or perish or that sort of thing. That, yes. that wasn't what yes. I was wanting to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have friends who are there, you know, and, and I get it. So I, like I said, I'm not knocking it cause it takes a, right. a serious amount of discipline to do it. Very much but so. You get into this, you know, I got to find, and some of them, I have to find a new thing you know right yeah in order to be relevant mm-hmm. you know not something someone else has said already i have to find a new thing you know that, that's yeah. Yeah. yeah and that really gets that gets taxing it really does but i think you're absolutely right the you know as you mentioned you know a, a books guide uh and you can see my my bookshelf behind me i've got my other two over there uh, on yeah. the other side of the office um it's definitely it's definitely a worthwhile pursuit. And, uh, you know, I really, that's another example of being humble, I would think, is sitting at the feet of these men and women, these scholars who have gone on and, and, yes. and been able to study things to a degree that I haven't been able to study. And the create the, the, the trick, the, the go and do likewise part is actually learning how to, how to communicate those ideas in a way that feeds that feeds yeah. the flock that we're serving. Yeah. yeah. Well, Faye, I want to say thank you so much, sir, for your time this, uh, this morning. I have really enjoyed our conversation. I, I, I don't know that you intended to, to mention things that had this common thread of, of being humble, but that's certainly a valuable takeaway for me and uh, you know, many of the other things that you mentioned. Um, you, uh, you know, you've you've blessed me, and I hope that uh, our listeners will be able to get to, you know, be able to benefit uh, as well from this conversation. Um, it, it, any any last words as we as we wrap up here? Man, thank you. Um, appreciate you, um, sir. You know what you do for the kingdom, man. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, take care, brother. It uh, it was good to. Uh, good to talk with you today and we will uh, uh don't be a stranger on the podcast hopefully we'll be able to have you on for another time for another conversation okay that'd be awesome all right take care all right bye-bye